this is Leah, and welcome to this week's Hashtag For Paris podcast. It is wonderful that you could join us for this week's teaching. I'll explain a little bit more about who we are at the end, but for now, let's jump right in. Hey, so, so welcome. Uh, really good that you're uh, joining us uh, this week online. Uh, this week, I'm really excited. You know what? I, I, I get excited every week, uh, this, this, this opportunity, just even before we started filming um, chatting with Ad, who does all the, the tech work, everything behind the scenes. Just what a privilege this is. Uh, what an opportunity it is. And, and we never know kind of where you are at in terms of the physical location, but also where you are at in life. And so my hope and my prayer for us every week is that as God does so amazingly and so personally, is that he'd speak into the midst of your life um, in a way that you need to hear it most. Uh, today, I'm excited because it's Q&A Sunday. Now, if you are just joining us for the very first time, you may wonder, what is this all about? It's a Sunday where at the end of a series, we just take a bit of a break to answer some questions, uh, questions that, that people ask, whether it's about the series or whether it's about faith and life. And we find this so important and valuable because one of the ways we learn in life, one of the ways that we learn in faith is through the asking of questions. And so don't ever believe for a moment that asking questions or having uncertainties is an indicator of a lack of faith. Rather, it's an indicator of a desire for even greater faith and understanding of who God is. And so if you show up in person on a Sunday like this, I just take questions live from the floor. Uh, so I never know where they're going to come from or what they're going to be about. And so I do my best to give more clarity upon what's being asked. And so when I do it online, obviously the questions have come in in advance. But what I try to do is kind of set up the same sort of scenario. And so when I think of the question, I just sit down and just give my response um, as I would as if it was live. And so today, uh, we're going to look at um, three questions that have come in, some that have been related to the series we've just done, and then others that just other people have been asking. And at the end of it, I'm going to leave a question with all of you. And so uh, let's just jump right in. Uh, question number one is this, uh, how do we trust that God will protect us when we know that bad things happen to people for no apparent reason? Now, the person that emailed this in wasn't asking, like, why do, good thing, why do bad things happen to good people? We, we just get that. We understand that. We've, we've actually talked about it in the past. But, but more along the lines of, when it comes to trusting God, that even if you are a person of faith, like, how do we know God is going to protect us? How do we know that, that God is going to um, watch over us when we know that inevitably in life, there's going to be difficulties. There's, there's going to be hardships. There's, there's going to be hard moments that we face in life. And so, so what does trust begin to look like? And, and for me, I would begin at a place of understanding that, that it's having a different perspective. It's, it's, it's holding on to the incredible promise of God's presence with us in the midst of all of life. You see, sometimes I think we, we, we take the misstep. That, that if bad things are happening to us in life, then, then it mean, must mean that God is distant, that, that God is absent, that, that God is kind of leaving us on our own. But, but understand this reality, that, that God's promise of protection is not always a promise of deliverance from the difficulties, but rather a promise of his presence to be with us. 
the first passage in the Bible that immediately comes to mind is from Psalm 23. You may know it. It's, it's, it's the Lord is my shepherd. But one verse that always, always captures my mind is this. It says, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, speaking of even though difficulty has come and, and I'm approaching death, I will not be afraid. Why? Because you, O Lord, are with you. It's, it's the promise of his presence. It's, it's the ability to trust in God, even in the midst of the difficulty. It's, it's his understanding that, that the Apostle Paul speaks of in, in Romans 8, 28, when he says this, And we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who've been called according to his purpose. And so we can trust in God, knowing that he is in all things, and he ultimately works for the good of those who love him, even in the midst of the difficulties. You know, I know in my own life that there are times when in the midst of hardships, it's when really when you got to dig in and almost cling to God and trust in him. And it's oftentimes in the difficulties that we begin to see the work that God wants to do in us. And so, Maybe the, the misstep is for us to think that, that God is like a helicopter parent, that he's just going to kind of buzz in and, and kind of remove us from any difficulty, as opposed to the reality of allowing us to walk through it with him and to see our faith continue to grow. So how do we trust? It's the promise of his presence. When Jesus says, I will be with you always, I will never leave you. But it's also the promise of a greater perspective, the, the hope that we have that no matter what we are facing, it does not have the final say, even if what we are facing is the reality of death. But as we've celebrated through Easter, we, we recognize and acknowledge the hope that we have in Jesus, that death is not the end. And so how do we trust in God? In believing that he is with us, in believing that no matter what we are facing, God is greater than what it is. And so maybe today this, this is helpful. This is perhaps hopeful. As you are facing a difficulty in your own life, would you continue to lean in to God and the promises of him to be with you? May, may it be helpful for you just to, to read through Psalm 23 and, and kind of make it your own, like, like make it personal and, and make that your prayer in the midst of whatever you are facing. Second question. Second question today um, comes out of a, a conversation, a message I gave a couple of weeks ago, and it really deals around how Jesus has forgiven us. And, and the question is this, how do we forgive people who hurt us and have never said sorry or asked for forgiveness? Maybe this is more relevant for you today. Maybe you find yourself in a situation where someone has hurt you and, and it is crushing you. And, and you understand that we're told to forgive, but, but the person hasn't come. They haven't acknowledged. They haven't asked for your forgiveness. They haven't said they're sorry. And so, so how do we forgive? At the core of what it means to follow Jesus is understanding that it is an act of grace. That, that forgiveness is not transactional. I think too often in our culture, we are a transactional, relational in terms of what it is. If, if you do this, then I'll do that. 
And when we think of forgiveness, sometimes we make it transactional as well. It's like, you've hurt me. And so I'm not going to forgive you until you come and at least acknowledge your hurt. And then, and then, and maybe only then will I even consider forgiving you. But as you think of the example of Jesus' forgiveness for us, it was an act of grace. It was not transactional. Think of, think of the moment when Jesus was on the cross and as he's being crucified, as he's being mocked, he, he cries out to the Father, Father, forgive them. Now, I, I can say with fair certainty that the majority of the people that were gathered around the cross were not sorry for what they had done. We're actually delighting in what was being accomplished. And yet Jesus spoke grace into their life. And so how do we forgive? Under, understand that it is an act of grace. You are giving up your right to hurt back. You are actually taking the initiative. And I think oftentimes what, what holds us back is, is we think the person has to come to us first and then, and then we forgive. But understand that, that forgiveness is not spiritual amnesia. It's not like, well, I'm going to forgive and then suddenly I'm going to forget. No, recognize that it is going to be a process, but it's a process that you initiate. Recognizing that no one ever feels like forgiving. Forgiveness is one of those acts where you allow your emotions to catch up to your commitment. But also recognize that one of the key reasons that that Jesus asks us to forgive in the same way that he has forgiven is that we will not allow bitterness and resentment and anger to take up residence in our life. And so not to be flippant, maybe for some of you watching here today, you're like, man, I was with people over Easter and you know, I kind of had to be in the same room with them, but I didn't really want to be in the same room with them because they have hurt me in the past and they just kind of act as if nothing has happened and they never said sorry. Maybe this is the moment where you step into forgiveness, where you make the initial step of beginning to forgive. Okay, okay, third question, third question. And this comes to just sometimes um, comments that I make when it comes to application. And the question is this, what do you mean when you say prompted by God? Like what, what actually does that mean? We, we talk a lot about what does it look like to follow Jesus, that, that, that Jesus is continually giving us this invitation to come and follow him. And so what does that look like? And one of the things I often say is, is how God nudges us, how, how God directs us. And so, and so what does that look like? I, I think there's two primary ways that the Holy Spirit works in our lives as we live out in obedience to God's way. The number one way is through reading the Bible. You, you read the Bible, you see what the Bible says, and it becomes relatively clear. Like, for example, when we read the Bible around forgiveness, we recognize, okay, this, this is something that, that Jesus asks of us. Actually, Jesus requires of us. But then there's those more personal asks. And this is what I love about God, is that, that he is personal, that, that, that he'll often speak into our lives in, in ways that are particular to our place and our moment in that time. And it's often through a simple nudge. And what I mean by this is that there's something that suddenly begins to well up within, within us that we likely wouldn't have thought on our own. And at times, we're almost dismissive of wanting to do it. But, but God begins to push us in a direction. It, 
It could be uh, in a decision we're going to make. It could be in a reversal of a decision we've already made. It, it could be in initiating a conversation. And oftentimes what I realize are these nudges of God are subtle and simple. That they're, they're, they're easily missed. That, that it's not, not often in, in the big things of life, but in the simple things, in the subtle things. Let, let me explain it to you like this. There's, there's times where I get nudged, and, and recently I was, I was nudged. Over the last number of years, I have been um, coaching my youngest son's hockey team. I, I love hockey. I love coaching. I love, I love uh, just, just, just being involved in young people's lives. And over the course of a number of years, I've gotten to know the parents of these kids as you kind of move along from age to age, right? And so they know what I do. They, they know what I'm, that, that I'm a pastor and that, that, that Jesus is the most important thing in my life. And so there's times we have these conversations. Well, at the end of the year, Rebecca and I always love to have the team and their families over to our house for just a team party. And so we did this a couple of weeks ago and we're hanging out, having a great time, eating good food, good conversations, um, talking about the season. And suddenly I felt within me to have a conversation with one particular dad about church. Now in the past, I knew that he had gone to church and he'd been involved a little bit, but he kind of mentioned at times he's sort of fallen off. And you know, my immediate reaction was, is like, no, come on. No, I don't, I don't want to do that. It's going to be awkward. It's, you know, I, I don't want to put him back on his heels. You know, I, I don't want to ruin our friendship. And I almost try to talk myself out of it, but I continue to have this nudge. And so I thought, okay, God, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bring it up, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have a quick exit in case it gets awkward. And so I just kind of casually said to him, saying, like, hey, like, so how's it going with church and, and faith? And like, where are you at? And we had a good conversation. It didn't last overly long. And I was like, okay, that's great. And I felt kind of good about myself in terms of at least bringing it up. Well, two days later on Monday morning, I felt another nudge, another urge, as if God is saying, hey, 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 follow up with an email. And I'm like, an email, come on. Like, come on, this is, this is getting pushy. This is getting over the top. Like, I, th- this might be too much. But I, I literally felt compelled to do it. And so after like an hour of being stubborn and not wanting to do it, I sent an email and just kind of followed up on the conversation that we had had. Within an hour, I got an email back. And it was amazing. He had said that he had been struggling with faith and for the past year, he'd been looking for a way to start a conversation with me. And that he was so grateful that I initiated, that I reached out. And so we're going for coffee. And I, I don't know what's going to come of it, but it's an opportunity to talk more about faith. I tell you that story because of this. That that was a simple, subtle nudge from God. That, that I have still no idea what he has in store but I almost missed it and I most certainly was willing to dismiss it. As I think about it more, I realize that often one of the primary ways that God works in our lives is through these nudges, through these opportunities that, that can happen throughout the day. You ever thought that the same could be true for you? Maybe, maybe there's a place in your life that, that God is nudging you Maybe it's towards a decision. Maybe it's towards a reversal of a previous decision. Maybe it's just a, a conversation. I, I don't know what it is. And this is the amazing thing about following Jesus is that the application of this is going to look differently for all of us. But the principle remains the same. 
is that God wants to work in your life and through your life. Yet too often, we miss these nudges. And too often when we even recognize them, we, we dismiss them as, as being irrelevant or just maybe that's not so comfortable for me. So this week, this week, would you consider where's the way that God might be nudging you? It's actually in view of this question that we're going to launch into a new series next week called Inspired. And we're going we're gonna to look at how different people have been inspired by God to step out in faith and make a difference. And so we're going to hear from Bruce and his work in Sierra Leone. We're going to hear about the great ministry of our church, the Rock Herit. I'm going to talk a little bit more about uh, my work in the prisons in Malawi. And then we're going to also talk about just what does this look like on a day-to-day basis for you and for me. But this week, this week, let me get real specific. Would you begin to look for these opportunities that God is putting before you? To be open, to not miss them, to not dismiss them, and to act upon them. And then if you would, send me an email. Because I would love to hear some of these stories, maybe even share some of these stories. Because what you begin to see is, is how God is doing this in different people's lives and incredible things are happening. So that's it for Q&A this week. Uh, really glad that you're joining us. But hey, listen, listen, here's the deal. You don't have to wait until the next end of the series to ever send me a question. If you have a question, if you have something kind of rolling through your mind, um, I promise I'll respond the best I can, whether through email or a phone call or a Zoom chat, whatever it might be. Just simply send me an email because one of the things that we want to do with you online is to get more connected, to get more engaged. And one of the best ways we do that is to begin a conversation around the questions that we have. Oh, hey, before I, before I sign off, let me, let me pray for you. Let me pray for me. Um, just that, that God would be speaking to our lives in real ways and that we'd be open to it. Let's pray together. And so, Lord Jesus, thank you for this day. Thank you that you are a God who loves us and cares for us, a a God that that wants us to know you personally. And so I pray for those that are watching, that that in the same way that I've experienced your nudges in my life, that, that they too would be aware of them, that they'd be open to them so they wouldn't miss it. And that when they come, they, they wouldn't too easily dismiss it, but, but they'd, they'd have the courage to step into it, to truly trust in you. God, may we see some incredible things happening in our lives and through our lives in the communities in which we live. For we ask this all, Jesus, in your name. Amen. Thanks for being with us. Hope you have a great, great week. And we'll see you here next week. today. We hope that you were encouraged by what you just heard. Just so you know a little bit more about who we are, hashtag for Paris, our church is about creating a culture that shows people that we are for them and for our local community. Jesus invites us to experience a meaningful life with him and others. So we meet every Sunday morning in person at the Paris Presbyterian Church at 1030 a.m. and throughout the week in various home groups and pubs here in Paris. It is here that we experience authentic relationships and we grow deep in our faith journeys together. If you would like to connect with us further, you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. And it is here that you can find links to any of our other audio and video podcasts, sermons, and you can track with what's happening with us each month. 
please go straight to our website for more information now about our home groups and how you can get involved. Our website is parispresb.ca. Yes, that's right, parispresb, P-R-E-S-B dot C-A. And it's there that you can share our links with your friends, family, and neighbors. Uh, We have friends from around the world who connect in with us online on a regular basis. And so lastly, please feel free to email me and get connected directly. I would love to chat with you. My email is leah at parispres.ca, and I'll get right back to you. So that's all we have for now. Thanks again for joining, and we'll see you again next week. Bye for now, everyone.